This is Dr. Kate Eckert with the Form, Function, and Flow Lab podcast. I'm a chiropractor, yoga instructor, anatomy junkie, and movement educator. And I am looking forward to exposing you to all sorts of ways that you can prehab your body to avoid injury and maintain those hobbies, activities, sports that you love to do. And we'll also be focusing a lot on the pregnant and postpartum journey and making sure that you can return to those activities that you love or even keep doing them while you're pregnant. Hi, this is Dr. Kate, and today's podcast is addressing a question that I got tagged in on Facebook this week. So this person had posted asking for any advice if... um, if you had given birth naturally advice for them because they're pregnant. So um, I treat all sorts of pregnant patients in my practice and no birth looks exactly the same. And everyone has a different idea of what they want their birth to look like. You might go into it really wanting an epidural or you might have had a previous C-section and you know, you want to schedule a C-section. So there's, There's no perfect um, birth, one size fits all. It's all individualized. But um, I gave birth naturally with both my kids. And I have some tips and tricks if you want to make that happen for yourself. And the reason why I chose to pursue that with my kids is that I really wanted to avoid having a C-section. And some of the times those interventions that we do um, with medicated birth, like epidurals, can um, make us more likely to end up with a C-section. And um, that's just something I wanted to avoid. I wanted to be able to get back into my practice, into working again, quickly. And I had seen in my office what the long-term effects of C-sections are. Maybe not just like the physical healing of the, what we can see the scar, but further on down the road, how it affects our connection to our core and how that looks for low back pain, hip pain, all of those things. So that's why I went that route. And I do have a list of things that I think help If that's something that you are wanting to pursue, not saying that it's the best way for everybody. And we have interviewed people that had, you know, really great luck with an epidural to help them relax in late stages of pregnancy. And that's great. And there's also some evidence that shows that an epidural has um, less effect in making you more likely to have a C-section if you get it later. So you can still labor for longer, wait, and then get your epidural. And you might see some positive benefits from that too, if you're wanting to avoid a C-section. So with that said, the I would start not just even with um, how you prepare for the actual labor part, but I would start as soon as you get pregnant, um, start working on preparing for birth as if it's some type of physical event that is going to be one of the biggest things that you do in your life, like a marathon or something like that. Um, you know, we give patients in the office exercises 
surprisingly, to work on their whole core. So we're not talking sit-ups because we don't want people doing sit-ups or that kind of thing while um, pregnant, but other kinds of breath work and core work to work on that entire mechanism that helps support us during labor and makes our recovery after labor easier too. Um, An important thing that I give all of my pregnant patients that come in is learning how to relax their pelvic floor. Because as they're going from first trimester to third trimester, the weight is getting heavier, not just baby, but amniotic fluid. And the placenta is getting heavier. And as the weight gets more substantial, the pelvic floor is holding more up. And um, we want to, it's like a rubber band. You pull on it and it's it's struggling to maintain that tension and it can get um, spasm. So that's why sometimes people have some incontinence issues or leakage while pregnant. And it's really important for a whole wide range of things to learn how to relax that pelvic floor and take the load off throughout pregnancy. So I have them do things like puppy pose and pelvic rocking and all sorts of things that's going to get your hips up higher than your torso so that baby can slide off the pelvic floor and relax that a little bit. And then we combine it with breath to help with that mind-body connection of relaxing that area. Because if your pelvic floor is spasmed and tight, it is not going to be able to fully relax to allow for that easy transitioning in birth. So that's really important. And it's also very important, not just for, you know, the everyday mom, but it's also very important and even more so maybe for the mom to be that is, super athletic and lifting heavy weights throughout their pregnancy. So if you're used to lifting heavy weights, it's fine to keep doing what you've been doing, you know, within, you know, making sure you don't have any adverse effects while you're doing it. Um, But it's fine to continue your normal activities. But if you're used to working with heavy weights, you even more so need to learn how to relax that pelvic floor because it's doing a lot of extra work. And we want that full relaxation when it's time to go into delivery. Um, So that's of the utmost importance and even the visualization of it. I try to get people when they're doing puppy pose or even when they're in that last couple weeks and they're hoping to go into labor, I want them to look at a an, literally an anatomy picture of what their cervix looks like and their pelvic floor. And I want them to think of it relaxing and opening up because there is a lot to be said for that mind body connection of um, visualization and trying to get things to relax and release and tapping into you know, this is what I want to relax and this is where um, I want it to happen. So with that being said, with the visualization, you know, there's um, perennial massage. I've done a um, podcast on some products and stuff on how to prevent tearing. So that's also helpful. So you can use your fingers or you can use 
uh, pelvic wands, like the intimate rose one we did a review on. And you can use that to put tactile pressure where you want that area to release at. So that's also a, a nice tool as well. Because, I mean, no matter how you give birth, you want to avoid tearing if possible. So <clears throat> that's also a good technique. So we've got the breath work and relax, 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 relax of your pelvic floor throughout the entire pregnancy, even when you're not showing and you don't think there's any extra pressure there. It's better to start early because it sometimes it's a tough concept to learn. A lot of times when we're stressed, we hold pressure in our um, pelvic floor. We clench our glutes. We tuck our tailbone under. We shorten that area up and it's a stress response. So if you're a first time mom and you're stressed, which who isn't, and there's that fear of the unknown, we unconsciously clench that area anyway. So it's something you need to get on sooner rather than later, learning how to relax that area. That is, if I had to pick one thing out of everything, that would be the top thing to do. Um, second would be really great um, birth classes. So I had seen in that post that I was tagged in, lots of people um, wrote about hypno babies and that's great. I knew a practitioner that taught that. She had wonderful things to say about it. That's not the classes that I took. Um, my husband and I took Bradley method classes, which I think was about 12 hours. And to be honest, most of the stuff I knew already just from my work with women's health up until that point. I've studied a lot more since then, but it was great for my husband to learn that, not from me, but from someone else. You know, he's very type A, took a bunch of notes, and it was just a way better experience than me just telling him what I thought he should know. So, the Bradley classes are great. They explain in detail the different um, parts of labor and all of that and give you um, a pretty well-rounded what to expect on every level. Um, <clears throat> I think, I know I haven't taken hypnobabies, so I can't compare exactly, but I think that they don't go into so much what happens if you aren't able to have a natural birth. Um, I could totally be wrong on that though. My viewpoint, and this is just my own uh, take on it, is that I wanted to know every little last thing that could be a possibility because I don't like surprises and I don't want to be in the dark or worried if something or to take a turn and I wouldn't know exactly what's going on. So I wanted to know exactly what's, what C-section looks like. I already knew what C-section rehab looks like with my patients um, and all sorts of those kind of things. Cause I have had patients in the past that, you know, they think they're going in for a pain-free labor and they know that they're going to get an epidural or they think they're going to get one and either they get there too late and they don't get one. It doesn't work. It only works on half of their body. So any number of things that goes wrong, they're completely unprepared for it and they panic. 
and panicking makes us tighten ourselves up to high heaven. So it's best to know all the possibilities. So even for my patients that are like, I don't want pain. I don't want natural childbirth. Heck no, you should still do all this stuff because you never know if you're going to end up in the position where you're going to have to do natural childbirth, not by your choice, but by some other reason. So it's just better to be prepared on all fronts. Um, and even if you're really, you're married to the idea of natural childbirth, if you get so far into it, it's not a failure if you have to have to get an epidural to allow you to relax enough to then deliver. There is no failing in giving birth. So with all that said, the birth class part is very important. And sometimes if it's only like a two hour class of for a birth class, whether it be at the hospital or whatever, that is probably not going to be enough. I, I feel like if you're not the curious type of person and you aren't going to do any research on your own, two hours probably is not going to cut it. Um, I know with the doula that I use with my son, who is my second, she does a ton of birth education with her clients, a ton. And she kind of melds the different um, hypno babies. She doesn't call it that because she does some other education as well. I didn't do that with her because I, you know, was well-versed with it. And I just gave my husband the highlight points again for the second time around. Um, but if you use a doula, that sometimes is part of their plan. And they, depending on who you pick, they can have a great wealth of resources on um, birth education. So we've got breath work, pelvic floor relaxation, and then birth education. Um, all super, super important. Now I'm a chiropractor, so I like to promote chiropractic throughout pregnancy. Um, I had the, I was really lucky in that with both my kids, my son and my daughter, I had a chiropractic, um, chiropractors in my office that were Webster technique certified. So that's a pelvic balancing technique. And I got adjusted weekly throughout my pregnancies, which was great. So now why would you want to do that? Um, you do that so that your baby is able to have a nice symmetrical area um, to move around in and babies want to get head down. So it helps with giving them enough room so that they will go head down naturally. If your baby is not head down, most places are not going to let you deliver naturally. So that if you want a natural birth, you really have to have your baby head down for it to happen. Um, I did have a, an OB with my daughter who was willing to do breech birth, but uh, I think that's pretty rare. Um <clears throat> So chiropractic to help, you know, keep you, uh, you know, if it's just strictly the Webster technique, it's a great pelvic balancing technique. If you can take it one step further and find a chiropractor that will do the um, rehab, prehab type exercises to really prepare your body for, for 
birth, that would be even better. It's like starting pelvic floor rehab before you even deliver, because that is going to make recovery so much easier. Um, so that would be even more beneficial. Um, and when you're, um, getting into that last trimester, um, getting walking as much as possible. I really try to promote that for my moms, you know, get them active as much as they can. And even if they can't walk, we have them do stuff like figure eights and with their hips and that kind of stuff. Cause we want the pelvis, you know, um, moving and, and that kind of stuff. So there's all sorts of exercises that we can give depending on how they feel to keep things, um, moving along well. So another like a little checklist of kind of things that I did just for overall health and keeping myself as healthy as possible was drink a ton of water. Usually I try to drink half my body weight in ounces of water a day. Um, I took collagen supplements throughout my pregnancy, my prenatal vitamins, um, tried to be, I tried to do my prehab exercises for the core, my pelvic floor relaxation exercises, and um, a lot of walking, squats, lunges, those kind of things. Um, Now, when it comes to the actual birth part, like I said, with wanting to deliver vaginally and naturally, I wanted to avoid going into the hospital as, or I was thought I was going to go to a birth center, but I wanted to avoid going in too early because that is a common mistake with new, you know, first time moms is that they, um, think they're going into labor. They go too early, they have them stay, and then they want to start doing all these interventions. I really wanted to avoid Pitocin. So I didn't want to go early because I did not want Pitocin. I've never had Pitocin, which is used to um, speed up labor, but I've heard that it makes the contractions very hard and fast. It's super uncomfortable. It's hard on mom and baby. Um, And then you usually want an epidural because it's painful. And then that slows labor. And then they need to give you more Pitocin, which is hard on mom and baby. And then there's that slippery slope into needing a C-section. So I really wanted to avoid Pitocin. So I tried to labor at my house with my daughter um, with a lay midwife until I was seven centimeters dilated because um, I wanted to avoid those interventions. So avoiding Pitocin if you can, um, would probably be helpful in this is all, this is all I want to put a little caveat in here. And this is like nothing odd going on with your pregnancy. If you have low fluid, amniotic fluid, if you have any high blood pressure, anything else that like those kind of circumstances, those are no brainers that you need to be induced. So This is if everything is going along perfectly and you want to have this natural birth and you're low risk. Um, I'm not saying you want to avoid um, getting induced if you have anything out of the ordinary. So uh, I wanted to avoid Pitocin as long as things were going along really well. Um, 
So I tried not to go into the hospital too early. Um, so avoiding Pitocin, not going in too early. Um, once I got there, I wanted to, I didn't walk around a ton cause I was already seven centimeters dilated, but I, I rarely laid down. I was standing a lot, shifting around. So there's like a few stages of, of birth and, um, as the baby's descending into your pelvis, initially you want the top part of the pelvis open. And that is the pelvic inlet. And you want maybe the, um, the bones you sit on to come together. And so sometimes squatting is really good at that part because deep squatting helps to open up the pelvic inlet. And that helps with that descent of the baby into the pelvis. Then once the baby's there and it needs to navigate some turns within the pelvis, you can um, do some asymmetrical uh, squats or stepping or put one knee up on the hospital bed because that gets the pelvis to shift side to side and that helps baby navigate turns. And really you want to listen to your body and kind of go from that aspect of things because everybody's different. Every baby's positioned differently. So really it's kind of coming into yourself and trying to be attuned to what you're feeling and doing what you feel feels good. Um, and then at that last stage, so we've got the inlet at the top and then baby goes through the middle part and then we want them to come out of the bottom. So the bottom of the tail of the pelvis has the bones you sit on and then the tailbone. So you want those to spread as wide apart from each other as possible. And you don't do that by hiking your knees way out to the sides. That actually draws those together. And if you're laying on your back, it scoops your tailbone up. So it's really shortening up that exit hole of your pelvis. So often that's why giving birth on all fours is good or um, or on your side with your knees kind of in and feet splayed out. So you can um, play around with different, different um, positions, but often laying directly on your back with your tailbone scooped up is going to be reduce that opening a little bit. Um, and there's a few things. If you really want to lay on your back, you can roll up a towel on either side and put it on either side of your tailbone so that your tailbone has a little extra room to drop down to uh, allow a little little wiggle room for the baby coming out. Um, so, you know, there is not one right position to deliver in. And what I found probably the most helpful in birth education prep was reading Ina May Gaskin's book. On, basically, it's just a collection of birth stories. So Ina May is a very well-renowned lay midwife, and um, she has a wonderful book that has so many birth stories, and they're all so different. And I think that is the good takeaway point because it gives you the confidence going into giving birth that even if what you go through doesn't feel like what you've heard about, you know that 
um, every birth is so different and you're um, not feeling like, oh, this is not what it was, what it was supposed to be like. So I'll tag that book below, but Ina Mae Gaskin's book on a bunch of different birth stories is really helpful to see that no birth exactly looks the same and they can be fast and furious. It could be slow and arduous. It just depends. And it is not always a sprint. It is often a marathon and to know that you can do it. And it's going to feel at maybe at that transitioning point of birth that you might not be able to do it but you can. You truly can. So many people have done it, and um, I think it is so doable. I know that it's doable, Um, and I'd like to give people that empowerment that if they want to do it, they definitely can do it, because there's nothing special about my births or, um, I mean, my mom gave birth naturally. There's nothing out of the ordinary for that made us able to do that. It's definitely something that you can do if you want to. And again, it's not a failure if you need an intervention. It's still a miraculous thing no matter what way you go about it. So we've got the breath work, the pelvic floor relaxation, birth education, um, chiropractic, prehab exercises, reading all the birth stories is very, very important. And then picking the birth team that is going to best support you. So um, this is going to sound weird, but interviewing your practitioners. Um, I went to, I think, three different places before I picked for my daughter. Um And with my son, I think we went to two different places and we would have stuck with my old midwife, but she was at a practice that they said that if I went into labor, they hadn't, they were a midwife shy, so they couldn't guarantee that I'd have a midwife and they thought that I wouldn't get the birth that I wanted if I had one of the doctors in their office. And I really appreciated their candidness. And so I went to a birth center in Pittsburgh instead. And it's really important that everyone on your birth team is uh, a similar mindset and knows what your birth plan is or knows what, I mean, a birth plan is kind of laughable because it's really hard to plan out things like that. It's going to happen how it's going to happen, but um, you want somebody who's going to respect what you want if it's attainable. And often having someone like a doula to be your advocate is a great way to make that happen too. So those are all things to look into. One last thing that I forgot to add in my how to um, have a natural unmedicated birth would be to don't push too soon. So when you're in labor and you're maybe getting anxious to have the baby, you think it's taking longer than it should, you really, really, really 
want to resist the urge to push until you physically cannot help yourself. And there's this awesome thing that usually can only happen when you're having an unmedicated birth, and that is the fetal ejection reflex. And I got anxious with my daughter, and I pushed before that happened. So that was my first birth, and I was able to um, use that and resist the urge to push with my second birth and use that. And essentially that reflex is your body pushing the baby out for you. So it's waiting, 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 um, not doing coached pushing or anything like that and really tapping into how your body feels and it will do the work for you. If you can get into that super relaxed state Get in tune with how you're feeling and let your body do the really heavy lifting of pushing the baby out. So um, I've talked about fetal ejection reflex on a earlier podcast if you want to hear a little bit more about it, but don't push too soon. Um, you really want to uh, avoid that for a variety of reasons, but it can also be a little rough on your pelvic floor by like pushing baby into it. Um, before it's fully relaxed and ready to have that happen. And it can also, pushing too soon is, you know, exhausting for you and hard on you overall. So really avoiding pushing until you can't resist it um, until the very end. So that would be my last thing on how to have an unmedicated natural birth. So if you're looking for a natural birth, those are some things that I would look into. And if you have any questions, let me know. I would love to answer them. And I, I just love working with that kind of stuff. So I hope everyone has a great day and I will talk to you soon. I look forward to working with you guys. And if you have any topics that you'd like discussed, make sure to comment below and let me know because I'd be happy to share all the knowledge that I have on those issues.